0: Finally, finally a day without an impeachment hearing. Hallelujah, happy Friday everyone. Plus big tech is still a huge problem and nothing is being done about it and I may have personal experience from that. Also, Jeffrey Epstein, that scandal keeps on getting deeper and deeper, and now it seems to be affecting the royal family in a big way. The queen is stripping Prince Andrew of all of his royal duties and monies, so it's getting to be a big deal. This story is far from over. And then, we, we're, of course, since it's Friday, we're going to have a podcast exclusive. We are going to talk about how an FBI agent altered documents in order to spy on Carter Page and launch the entire phony Russiagate scandal. Also, Elise Stefanik, the rising star in the Republican Party, Fox News, Donald Trump is calling her a rising star. But is she really the conservative superstar we think she is? We'll check that out in the podcast exclusive. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to today's Friday edition of today's White House Brief Podcast. So ladies and gentlemen, on Friday, We do a longer episode and that is so we can give the people who subscribe to our podcast and the people who are blaze uh, Blaze TV subscribers something a little extra something that they don't get on YouTube or Facebook So if you haven't already go to wherever you get your podcast that might be Google Play that might be iTunes That might be Spotify wherever you get them go and hit that subscribe button So you can listen to the White House brief podcast and we're gonna have an exclusive today as we do always on Fridays a section at the end that you'll only get if you are a subscriber to the podcast. And guess what? It's free. So you don't have to pay for it. You don't have to give extra monies. But if you do have a little bit of extra money to spare, I ask you subscribe to Blaze TV. Because Blaze TV, you're gonna get a whole host of other programming, a bunch of great shows. You got Steven Crowder, you've got Mark Levin, you've got Glenn Beck, you've got Phil Robertson, you've got Lauren Chen, you've got Chad Prather, you've got all of these other great shows, great podcasts, just great programming all around. And so if you want and you have the extra money to spend I would urge you subscribe to blaze TV and then you can also catch the exclusive section of my podcast there and you'll get the video format of it there too so either subscribe to the podcast on iTunes Google Play wherever you get your podcast or you can become a blaze TV subscriber and join the club trust me it's worth it want to quickly tell you about our sponsor today who is black rifle coffee club black rifle coffee club very excited to be working with them because they're just an excellent amazing honorable company great coffee, great people. It's veteran owned and operated. It's a company for people who love America. That's it. They import the highest quality beans from around the world and they always roast to order. That means that you order it and then they roast it. So it's not like it's been sitting in a sack for months and months and months and then you order it. And oh, here you go. No, once you order it, then it's roasted. All right. So you'll always be getting the freshest coffee available. Black Rifle Coffee, they develop their explosive roast profiles with the same mission focus. they learned, as military members serving this great country. All Black Rifle Company coffee blends are available in whole bean and ground varieties, and they also have many roasts available in single-serve coffee rounds. Those are the things you put in the machine, and you press the button super easy. This is what I use, because I'm like, I, I don't have time to, to, to roast coffee, and, and well, not, I don't, you don't roast it, but, you know, I don't have time to put the grounds in the thing and then wait for it to drip. No, you get the pod, you put the pod in the machine, you press the button, and your coffee's done. So I would also encourage you to sign up for the Black Rifle Coffee Club, where you can get discounted prices on your club orders, free shipping. And if you use my discount code WHB, you'll also get an extra 20% off your first order. Now this is the perfect time because it's the holidays. And if you order coffee during this month, the month of November, Black Rifle Coffee is gonna send a bag of their holiday roast to the troops overseas to be delivered by Christmas. And who needs a little bit of Christmas spirit more than those who are serving to protect our freedoms and our country? So please go to BlackRifleCoffee.com slash WHB. That's BlackRifleCoffee.com slash WHB. Enter my discount code WHB to get 20% off your first order on any products, including the Black Rifle Coffee Club. All right. So. Finally, we get a day without impeachment hearings, and it's just like, oh, we finally have time to relax. We don't have to watch these stupid hearings with these stupid nobodies, with these people who are witnesses. I've never heard of any of these people. You've never heard of any of these people. No one has ever heard of any of these people. The president himself says he barely even knows who these people are. We have the transcript of the phone call that is in question. We have the transcript, we've seen what the president says, and yet we have to rely on what these people have to say about whether or not there was a quid pro quo. And so yesterday, yesterday we had two witnesses. We had doctor, doctor, doctor. How many patients do you have? Dr. Fiona Hill, all right, and David Holmes. Dr. Fiona Hill, she's a National Security Council official, and David Holmes is a career foreign services official. And if you were to read the left wing media, if you were to read even the so-called objective media, AP, Reuters, what have you, you would think that these witnesses offered a devastating blow to the president. You would think that these witnesses completely just filleted him. It's over for President Trump. He doesn't have a shot in hell. He's out of the office tomorrow. Vox's, Ezra Klein, very liberal publication, called Fiona Hill's testimony succinct and damning. Oh, it's succinct and damning. Why? Well, because she claimed, she claimed that the president was using other channels to communicate with Ukraine. And meanwhile, she has this, she's part of this, you know, she's part of the the National Security Council, and so she has this enormous bureaucracy that you're supposed to use. And meanwhile, the president is asking Sondland, who testified the day before, to communicate directly with Ukraine. And she couldn't believe that. Hey, we have, we, we, we have this, and, she's, and she has this Brummie accent. She has this really, hey, what's up you lot? What's up you lot, plummy and sla. Um, she has this Brummie accent that she uses when she talks to people. And she said, oh, well, in the UK, I will have never, I will, I've never been able to become anything. But in the US of A, I was able to rise to the rank of doctor. So I has, I has the information. And you better listen to me, you lot. That was, that was Dr. Fiona Hill. And so she says she's mad because the president decided to go around her bureaucracy because, you know, bureaucracy always gets so much done. Bureaucracy is always so efficient. When you have a bureaucracy, things get done like that. And so she was really mad that he wasn't going to use it. Fiona basically explained in her, in, in her testimony that she had one way of doing things and the president had another way of doing things and she was getting angry with Sondland because Sondland was going through another channel. And the way she explained it was that she was enacting foreign policy with her National Security Council. That's what they were doing. This is her explanation of the situation. She was enacting foreign policy, whereas Sondland was personally being asked by the president to enact personal policy. And that, this is her again, this is her speaking. And that personal policy entailed, uh, entailed, investigating the Bidens, right? Investigating the Bidens for political purposes. Meanwhile, that's not it at all. Trump was just trying to skirt around the ridiculous bureaucracy because nothing gets done. Trump's a businessman. Trump likes to get things done. But she says that really angered her that Sondland wasn't going through the proper channels that don't get things done. As if, as if no other president in history, as if no other uh, official has ever gone through other channels to get foreign policy achieved. Really? Really? You might want to study some history, Fiona. You might want to study some history. Okay, so she says, we have, and this is a direct quote from Fiona. She, has, she says, we have a robust interagency process that deals with Ukraine. Okay, what does a robust interagency process mean? A robust interagency process is bureaucracy. Robust means it goes from this person to that person. That person has to approve this. And then it goes back to this person. And then that person has to approve that. And then we discuss it and we deliberate it. And then it goes through a spreadsheet. And then we have to take that spreadsheet and, and deliver it to another boss. And then that boss has to say, oh, well, this doesn't make sense. Oh, no, there's this this code is incorrect here. It's code 456, not code 224. Take it back. And then it goes back to the very beginning. They got to use the whole process over again. So when she says, we have, we have a robust interagency process that deals with the Ukraine, All she means is that we have a bureaucracy that doesn't work. And Trump is interested in getting things done. Trump wants to get stuff done. So the big question yesterday was, why did Trump withhold the funding to the Ukraine? Why was the aid, the military aid withheld? Well, Trump in his interview with Fox and Friends this morning explained, because Ukraine is a very corrupt country. He says, I want to make sure that the money would be spent properly. That was one reason. Second reason, we aren't Germany. Why, he said, why aren't Germany, France, and the EU paying? Why is the United States paying? And why is the United States the sucker? What was also asked during a testimony yesterday was, has the Ukraine launched the investigation into Joe Biden? No. Has the money, has the aid been released to Ukraine? Yes. So if there was, if there was a quid pro quo, that means a favor in exchange for another favor, then wouldn't that mean that in order for that aid to be released to Ukraine, that Biden would have to be investigated on? So (laughs) you've got the quid, but you don't got the quo. So that means there is no quid pro quo. And in fact, the president repeatedly said there is no quid pro quo. And interestingly, Holmes, he made an opening statement. And in Holmes's opening statement, he made no mention of the fact that he, in fact, asked the president about withholding aid from the Ukraine. And the president said, no, I don't want I want them to do the right thing. I don't want quid pro quo. I want them to do the right thing. They need to do the right thing. I don't want quid pro quo, I don't want anything. Weirdly, that wasn't in Holmes's opening statement. Why is that? Because it goes against the narrative, because these people are political operatives. So, th- that, that was just a disaster. And then we had the whole Mr. Holmes and the phone call situation. You know, he, pulled out, he was at lunch, he was at lunch at a restaurant with Sondland, and Sondland calls the president. Sondland calls the president, gives him a call up and says, you know, I'm in Ukraine. I'm in Kiev. Apparently it's pronounced Kiev. I always thought it was pronounced Kiev because there's, it's K-I-E-V. And in English, that's Kiev. But apparently it's pronounced Kiev. But he calls him up and apparently, Sond- uh, apparently Holmes said that he could hear President Trump through Sondland's phone. He wasn't on speakerphone. Wasn't on speakerphone, right? But instead... He could still hear him while ambassador sondland's phone was not on speakerphone i could hear the president's voice through the earpiece of the phone
1: the president's voice was loud and recognizable and ambassador sondland held the phone away from his ear for a period of time presumably because of the loud volume
0: so and then he says that his clear impression his clear impression because of the phone call oh and interestingly enough right after they were talking about ukraine they moved on to talk about sweden they actually moved on to talk about asap rocky that's at least what i heard during the testimony yesterday and right when they started to talk about sweden all of a sudden mr holmes couldn't hear the president through the phone they asked well when they started to talk about sweden well how did what did how did the president respond Mr. Holmes said, I don't know. Right after that, I couldn't hear anything anymore. Isn't that coincidental? So right after they started talking about this Ukraine stuff that you guys are trying to use to impeach this president, right after that conversation ended, you couldn't hear him anymore? Really? They started to talk about Sweden. All of a sudden, the president's voice got quiet and you couldn't hear it. Do You guys see that 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 clip from Chris Cuomo? Chris Cuomo made an ass of himself trying to prove (laughs) he was trying to prove that, oh, no, you totally can hear someone through the other line if they're not on speakerphone. And so he calls up his mother. This was embarrassing. He calls up his mother. His mother, he puts it to the mic. Dana Bash, who's another CNN, you know, talking anchorette, hands the phone over to Dana Bash. Dana Bash can't hear the mom. All right. Dana Bash can't hear anything. He says, Mom, can you hear me? Nothing. Silence. Then you see Chris Cuomo hit the speakerphone button and then you can hear the mom and the mom says, hi, I can hear you. How are you? And then Chris Cuomo says, we're doing an experiment or something like that. Chris Cuomo then turns speakerphone off again and then you can't hear anything. And everyone on the set is like, no, we can't hear her because you cannot hear another person on the other line if you're not on speakerphone. Holmes is making this up. I, I promise you. I promise you, because and we've got people in this office, we've got people here. I have several colleagues here and you know who you are who say, oh, no, you totally can hear the other person on the other end of the line. You 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 guys must have Superman hearing because it is impossible to hear. Sometimes you can, you know, if the person's loud enough, sometimes you can hear. (laughs) You can hear like noises coming out the other line. But to hear every word and to hear him talk about the specifics of a Ukraine and Biden investigation. Give me a break. This guy is so full of it. This guy is a political operative, just like almost every single other person who went up to the stand to testify. This is a political operation. Impeachment is obviously a political operation. It always has been. It's not a legal proceeding. It's a political proceeding. And that's exactly what we're seeing here. And it's just just so clear. I think we have another soundbite of Holmes trying to explain what he heard, and we'll play that and we'll analyze it after.
1: My clear impression was that the security assistance hold was likely intended by the president either as an expression of dissatisfaction with the Ukrainians who had not yet agreed to the Burisma-Biden investigation or as an effort to increase the pressure on them to do so.
0: All right, so it was his clear impression, right? His clear impression that it was likely that the president was withholding funds, withholding aid, (laughs) because uh, because of the Biden investigation and was going to release those funds once the Biden investigation was initiated. Well, obviously, as we know, the Biden investigation was not initiated. And then you get it. It gets a little more complicated because it moves into a, a visit to the White House. And the quid pro quo was actually like, well, we'll release the funds if you want to come to the White House. And, you know, Zelensky really wanted a visit to the White House. And so there was all of that involved and into the mix. But I mean, the idea that the president was withholding funds until he investigated Biden is ridiculous. And we all know what the actual quid pro quo was. The actual quid pro quo came from Joe Biden. The, the quid pro quo was from Joe Biden when Joe Biden went to Ukraine and said, hey, excuse me. He has his son, Hunter Biden, who, by the way, just knocked up a random chick in Arkansas. Congratulations, Joe Biden. You now have another grandson. Congratulations, Joe Biden. Joe Biden was asked about that. Joe Biden said, I don't I I don't answer on Family Matters. Uh, I think it was Peter Doocy who asked that. Peter Doocy from Fox. And then Joe Biden had the nerve to point at him and say, only you would ask that question. Dude, your son just knocked up some random chick. I mean, it's fair game. You know, children are off limits. Hunter Biden's not a child. Hunter Biden's going to Ukraine and inking $83,000 a month deals. And he's 49 years old, okay? Child. Inking $83,000 a month deals with a company, Burisma, that operates in a field about which he knows nothing. in which he has zero experience. He has zero experience. 80, wouldn't you love to get $83,000 a month for a job for which you know nothing about? Wouldn't that be nice? That's that. Th- those are the perks that come along with being the son of the former vice president. Perks like that and perks like going to China. Perks like going to China and, and then coming back with a billion dollars in equity on Air Force Two. So that means you paid for it and I paid for that trip to line the pockets of the Bidens, just sickening. And so this guy, Hunter Biden, completely is a dirtbag. but that's beside the point. And I almost lost my place, but I didn't because I never do. And so Hunter Biden was on the board of Burisma. Hunter Biden was a consultant for Burisma. At the same time, This prosecutor was investigating Burisma because Burisma is rife with corruption. Burisma is filled to the brim with corruption. And Joe Biden actually had the temerity to go to Ukraine and say, hey, look. If you do not fire this prosecutor, you are not getting the money. I mean, if that's not a quid pro quo, I don't know what is. You fire this prosecutor that is investigating the company that my son is on the board for, the company that my son consults, or you're not getting aid. That's quid pro quo. And yet that was not brought up once during the hearings. That was not brought up once during the presidential debates. They didn't ask him directly once about it. They're calling it a hoax. They're calling it a hoax. It's not a hoax. We have the guy on tape saying it. We have the guy on tape proudly saying it. We have evidence that the Obama administration was concerned about the improprieties of this transaction. And you want to tell me now it's a hoax. The system is so rigged against conservatives and Republicans. It's a joke you have people going to jail you have people like roger stone paul manafort george papadopoulos all going to jail for minor slip-ups we talked about this yesterday minor slip-ups they got the date wrong they said this happened a week before it actually did they said oh well you know uh I, i i might have said this you know i have to go through my tens of thousands of emails oh but was this exact sentence uttered oh you got it wrong you're going to jail buddy Meanwhile, Peter Strzok, Andrew McCabe, Hillary Clinton, John Brennan, James Comey, all of those people get to get off scot-free, even though they knowingly lied under oath, and we have evidence of that. So if that's not evidence, you know, they're talking about, is Adam Schiff going to actually face justice after the sham of an impeachment process? You know, Adam Schiff, who lied under oath when he made a completely falsified statement against the president. Adam Schiff went before Congress and said that Donald Trump asked the president of Ukraine to make up dirt on Joe Biden. He had this whole thing, you know, I'll ask it again. I asked him seven times and I'll ask him one more time. I'll introduce you to my friend Giuliani. You're going to love him. Made up a completely falsified account of what happened. It was a lie. So is he going to face justice? I would hope so. My hopes aren't up, though. My hopes aren't up because the system is so rigged. It's infuriating. Then later, he had the nerve to go say, Oh, it was, it was parody. Oh, parody! Oh, you're doing a stand up routine in front of Congress at a congressional hearing. What an appropriate time to do a stand up routine. It's enough to make you sick. It's enough to make your stomach churn to the point where you have no faith in our systems. If our government can waste time if the Intel committee, and that's an ironic name for this committee, can waste time five days of this, five days of this nonsense that we have to put up with. If this is what our government does, if this is what the most powerful people in the land do, then what hope should we have? My hope rests in the Senate. You know, they're gonna impeach him in the House. I mean, otherwise this whole thing would be for naught. So they're gonna impeach him in the house. Uh, they're gonna have a real hard time convicting him in the Senate. And so that's where my hope rests. But they're not gonna eject this president out of office. They want to. They wanna get him out of office, obviously, because that's their only hope of defeating him. You've got all these clowns on the Democrat debate stage You have no shot, no shot in hell of getting rid of this guy. No shot in hell. I mean, think about it. You go through those guys one by one. Which one would be able to defeat Donald Trump? You think Kamala Harris can, be, can can defeat Donald Trump? You think Pete Buttigieg is going to be able to defeat Donald Trump? Corey Spartacus Booker? L- Elizabeth Warren? Try to just for one moment imagine any of those people as president. Uh, it, it, it's, it's, it, it, you're going to have a hard time doing it. You're going to have a hard time doing it. And then, of course, the frontrunner. The front runner who everybody knows is not actually a front runner, Joe Biden. Joe Biden, who doesn't know where he is, who says the way to defeat violence against women is to keep on punching them. You just keep on punching them. Just keep on punching. Keep on punching. I mean, if you don't see a problem with that, then, then I don't know what to tell you. I really don't know what to tell you. Let's move on to the next topic, which is a topic that hits pretty close to home. All right. Because, uh, I think anyone who's in my space who does social videos and who makes content for the internet is very familiar with this. I shouldn't say anybody. I should say anybody who is right of center. And at this point, I don't even mean, you know, far right because they're slowly and slowly and slowly coming after more and more traditional conservatives. They simply do not want conservative voices out there. And so, um, I have no definitive evidence yet. All I can see are my own numbers because these companies keep their numbers so close to the chest that you have no idea what's going on. You know, people talk about the algorithm, the algorithm, the algorithm. The algorithm is is a problem, but it's not it, all right? We have no idea what is going on with these companies aside from the fact that it appears they are censoring censoring us. It appears that YouTube is is censoring our content. I don't know what other word to use aside from censoring. It, it, it is uh, frustrating because, you know, a lot of people make a living off of putting videos on YouTube and these other channels and putting their content out there and monetizing that content. And YouTube has said, hey, come here. We've we've made a, a, a system, we've built an infrastructure for you to profit off your video via ads and we'd love for you to use that and we'd love to invite you to come use our platform to put your content out there and we'll keep a cut and then we'll let you keep a cut of the ad revenue. And they said, and we'll let anybody who wants to put content out there do it and we're going to do it in the spirit of free speech. And you have all these statements from their CEO and from other executives saying that we value free speech and so even when it's inappropriate, even if it's offensive, even if it's off color, we want to remain within the spirit of free speech. And that couldn't be further from the truth, given the people that they have banned. So I have some personal experience with this. And like I said, I have no definitive evidence that YouTube is kicking down my content, but it would appear that way if you were to look at the numbers. Let's put it this way, in July, we were averaging about 100,000 views per video, okay? The month of July, almost every single video had about 90 to 100,000 views. Now, we are lucky if we get 20,000 views per video. We're getting 17,000 views, 18,000 views. Maybe on a good day, we'll get 40,000 views, and on an excellent day, maybe 50,000 views. So at the very least, our views have been cut in half. And at the very most, they have been cut by 80%. And, you know, I'm the type of person who sits here and says, okay, well, I'm, I'm not going to, I don't want to immediately say, oh, I'm being censored. They're censoring me. This is so unfair. So I did. I said, you know, what, what, what am I doing wrong with my content? Is my content getting worse? Is my content not what my fans want to see anymore? So I went out and I asked on YouTube, hey, my views have declined by about 80%. Like I said, in July, we were getting around 100,000 views per video. Now we're getting seventeen to 20,000 views. Uh, is it the content or are you guys not seeing the videos? What's going on? And I'll read you some of the responses that I got because it turns out it's not actually the content. A mere Guy says, you're still making videos? I hate YouTube. You're still making videos. Yes, we're still making videos. In fact, we're making more videos. We used to be four times a week. Now we're doing five times a week, including this extra show that we do for you guys on Friday. So yeah, we're still making videos, but the fact that you don't know that shows that YouTube is doing something very strange with how they share our videos. Mike Paul says, I've been a follower for a couple of years and I thought they canned your channel, my dude. WTF. He thought they canned my channel because he's not able to see my videos because they are hiding my videos from our viewers, from the people who have followed the page. Cowboy Space Zombie says, first, I've heard from you. Nice to see you're still at it. Nice to see you're still at it. I've been at it from day one. We've been making videos from day one. You just haven't been able to see them because YouTube has not been showing them to you. Darren Henderson says, John, I thought you were banned or something because I have not gotten any notification in a while. Hope you get it sorted out as I really enjoy your work. He thought I was banned. YouTube has so throttled my videos that people think I have been banned. Daniel Grijalva says, Nope, haven't seen you for a while. I thought you were on vacation. Nope, not on vacation. I took maybe I think I took two days off a couple of weeks ago. Not on vacation. I've been making videos every single day, Monday through Friday. Monday through Friday. We have a new video every single day. So if YouTube is not giving you, if, if you're signed up for notifications for my videos and you're not getting those notifications, then something's up. Then YouTube is screwing with you. So do me a favor. If you wanna to subscribe to the channel, go to the bell go to the bell, click the bell, and then hold the bell down and it's gonna give you an option to say all or, uh, or uh, some, something like that, it's, and you wanna select all. Because what YouTube has done is it has taken people who have clicked the bell for my videos, who want to be notified every single time I release a video and they have quietly switched it to occasionally. So maybe someone will get a notification once a week. So go to that bell and make sure that it is turned to all. And in some cases, YouTube has unsubscribed people to my channel altogether. I mean, this is, I understand, oh, but my free market, they're a a free company, they're a private company, they're allowed to do what they want. If they wanna unsubscribe people to your channel, then they have the right to do that. Yeah, they have the right to do that, but is it the right thing to do? Is it the right thing to do to take people who have said, I like this guy, this is a guy whose content I want to be notified about every time he releases it, and say, no, we don't think you like that. That's like if you were to go to a deli, and they say, well, we have a cheeseburger, but no, we're not going to give it to you. No, but I I want the cheeseburger. No, we're going to give you a wrap. I don't want the wrap. I want the cheeseburger. Are you out of cheeseburgers? No, we're not out of cheeseburgers, but uh, we just uh, we just we we think it's not good for you. We don't think you'd like it. No, I I think I'd really like it. I think that's what I'd like. That's not considered good customer service. And as a paying customer, you deserve to get what you want. And make no mistake about it, you are a paying customer to Google. You are a paying customer to YouTube. You're a paying customer with your data. In exchange for unlimited amounts of your personal information, which is infinitely valuable to these people, they provide you with a product. Believe me, they are not providing you with this product for free. So what happened to good customer service? What happened to the customer is always right. No, we don't, think you, we don't think you should see this content. We're gonna hide this content from you. These are people who have chosen to see this content. It's not up to you, YouTube, to decide if you think that they should see it or not because they have decided, I like this content. This is content that I want to see and this is content that I deserve to see because I like it. And it doesn't matter if you like it or not because I like it and you have created a platform where you have said, we're not a publisher, we are a platform and therefore, people should be able to share ideas and watch the content and enjoy the videos that they want to. And again, you are a paying customer. You are paying with all kinds of amounts of your private information. You don't even want to know the kinds of information that they are collecting from you. They know everything about you. They know how long you spend on a page. They know what you click on. They know what you like to search for. They know what you like to buy. They, they know how long your mouse stays over a certain ad, thinking about, am I going to buy this? Am I going to click on this? They know how long you watch videos for. They know what videos interest you. They know what topics interest you. And they use all of that and they monetize that. And then they sell your information to ad agencies. And it's a very lucrative business for them. So you are paying. You're not paying in actual cash, but you are paying with your data. And that is equally, if not more valuable to YouTube and Google. Make no mistake about it. Make no mistake about it. So, you know, they can use this excuse. We're a private company. We can do whatever you want. Your job is to serve your customers and we are your customers and we want to see the videos that we choose. It is not your right to censor us. Garden Warrior also thought I was on vacay. Garden Warrior says, nope, I love your vids. I thought you were on vacay. Nope, not on vacation. Still here, still here working my ass off, making videos every day for you guys. YouTube just doesn't want you to see them. But Nine Sage says, wow, I haven't seen your video show up in a while. Thought you didn't like us anymore. Liberal or Republican Bitcoin Slot says, your videos do not pop up. This is the first I've seen of you in a long time. Now that's a name I haven't heard in a long, long time. Leslie Robertson says, I never get notified. I have to hunt for you. That means even though she signed up for notifications, she doesn't get them. So she literally has to go into the search bar and search my name. Nazarios, which I assume means Nazarene in Greek, to Greek handle, says it's the new biased algorithms. Most conservatives are affected by it. Um, no, it's not the algorithms actually. I promise you the, uh, the algorithms, yes, the algorithms can find things that they don't like. Like if you put abortion in the title, um, the algorithms can spot that and say, oh, suppress that, suppress that. You know, if, the, if you put pro-life in the title, the algorithms can catch that. That's an algorithm problem. All right. But what you have are individual in people. What you have are individuals. What you have are human beings who are sifting through this content and seeing content that they don't like and flagging it. And once they flag it, it disappears. And that's why all these people I just read, all these users, all these people who, watch, who, who want to enjoy my content can't access it. It's not an algorithm, I promise you. It's these, these little twerps in these rooms who say, this, this, this is not my safe space, this triggers me. I'm gonna flag this flag it as dangerous or whatever. I mean, you think, let, let's look at all the people who have been banned and not just by YouTube because Facebook does it too. Facebook says, oh, well, this is, this, this is clickbait. You can't see this. This is clickbait. Well, if you signed up for a, for a channel or a page or a personality that posts things that you like, why shouldn't you be allowed to see it? Why should Facebook be allowed to be the one who says, no, we're not going to allow this? even if it is clickbait, even if it's the clickiest bait you've ever seen and somebody likes it and somebody enjoys it and somebody enjoys seeing a headline, you're not gonna believe what you see when you click on this link and they click on it and they have fun doing it, what's the harm? They like it and it's supposed to be their experience. It's not supposed to be Facebook's experience. But all the people who have been banned by these different platforms, I'm just gonna go back to Nazarius, who said it's based on these biased algorithms. It's not algorithms. It's individuals. You think that an algorithm found Gavin McInnes and said, oh, we have to ban him. No, somebody in the hallways of these social media companies and Gavin is banned from basically every platform. So someone in the halls of Facebook, someone in the halls of Twitter, someone in the halls of Instagram found Gavin and found him objectable Obje- found him objectionable. You think Roger Stone, you think an algorithm found Roger Stone and said, well, there was something he is saying is, is goes against our algorithm? No, that was an individual human being. These are human beings who are banning people. These are not algorithms. You think an algorithm found all of the InfoWars accounts? You think an algorithm found Alex Jones's account that was just caught by the algorithm? The algorithm said, oh, we have to cancel them. No, that was an individual Paul Joseph Watson, you think that was an algorithm? Tommy Robinson, Owen Benjamin, Baked Alaska, Jared Taylor, Milo Yiannopoulos, Laura Loomer, Jacob Wohl. I mean, some of these people are nuts. Some of these people are absolute nut jobs, but they have a right to free speech. That's what this is about. As American citizens, as people who have ascribed to our social compact, they have a right to the First Amendment. And individuals are depriving them of that First Amendment. So that's why, I mean, Josh Howley, who I think is doing a great job trying his best to take a fight to big tech, his plan is not going to be effective because his plan goes after the algorithms. Got it? It's not algorithms. There is no algorithm, first of all, because they keep on changing the algorithm. But secondly, because these are individuals in the hallways of these big tech elite companies choosing who is acceptable and who will be unpersoned. Okay, that's what it comes down to. All right. So Senator Josh Hawley, he has legislation that's going to remove the immunity big tech receives for user posted content. In other words, right now, these platforms enjoy status as As platforms, as open platforms, they are not publishers and therefore they are not liable. So Howley's bill would only affect, first of all, companies with 30 million U.S. users, 300 million global users or 500 million dollars in annual revenue. All right. So that would cover that basically are the three tech monopoly giants, Facebook, Google, Twitter. But large companies would have to apply for immunity from the bill by having the FTC attest their algorithms and content removal policies, but the whole gist of it is that because platforms enjoy immunity, they're not liable, and therefore they would have to prove that their algorithms are not biased politically. You know, they have their terms of service, we don't accept violence, we don't accept harassment, yada, yada, yada. They would have to overturn their algorithms to show, look, our algorithms don't discriminate politically. And to be honest, I think that, that they would prove that. I think their algorithms would show that they do not discriminate politically because it is the individual people within these companies that are discriminating politically. Like I said, all of those people who were banned from multiple platforms, the algorithm isn't doing that. Somebody is choosing to cast out those people from polite society. Somebody is choosing to say, we don't want people to see these people's content. All right. That's what's happening. That's all that's happening. And it is really a travesty because at the end of the day, right now, where the public conversation happens is on social media. The president makes his announcements on social media. The president talks directly to the American people on social media. Companies make business announcements on social media, companies advertise on social media, politicians make announcements, politicians release statements, politicians announce press releases and press conferences via Twitter. And the people who are not allowed on those platforms no longer have access to that part of the conversation. So they are literally missing vital information that they need. So, This is no longer a matter of, well, it's a private company. They can do whatever they want. They're not a private company. They literally run the public conversation. They are the public square and they need to be treated that way. And these suckers who are banning people and censoring people, and in my case, perhaps even uh, just kicking down my content because they don't want people to see it, need to get out of the way because I have the right to say what I want to say and I have the right for people to see it. If it's popular, and I believe I have 214,000 subscribers on YouTube right now, so clearly there's a, there's a, a few people who are interested in hearing what I say, they should be able to hear it. They should be able to receive the notification that they signed up for to hear my information. So again, I urge you, after the show or i think you can even do it right now there's a bell click the bell and then make sure it is there's a drop down menu make sure it hits all notifications i do a video monday through friday every single day and if you want to get a notification for every single video that i do and you're not because people say i'm getting a notification once a week and then it's for a video that's a couple months old no i do a brand new video every single day and if you are not getting that video every single day then you are getting screwed and youtube is not showing you my content and I believe it might be intentional. All right, our next topic. Prince Andrews, all right? I mean, this is, I usually don't give a crap about the royals, you know, every time there's a wedding, I don't even know who's married to whom and I don't know what they're doing. I do, I do, I do the royals. Whatever, the royals. This is America, we don't care about the royals. We got rid of them hundreds of years ago. We said, screw you, we're gonna start a republic and we did and it's the best republic in the world. So, We're not London yet. They're trying to make us London. They're trying to make us the UK where there's a machete attack. You know, they get rid of our guns and then we get a machete attack every 90 minutes. Doesn't that sound like a joy? And how does that get accomplished? Well, it gets accomplished by bringing in endless migrants, which is what they want to do here. Refugees, migrants, unassimilated immigrants who hate our country. That's how you get the disaster that is not just the UK, but now Sweden, now Germany, now a lot of Europe. It's a disaster. It's a disaster. OK, so, uh, you know, I know there's a lot of and circumstance around the monarchy. But at the end of the day, it's a uh, um, it, 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 the UK is not doing too well. The UK is not doing too well. And so it's a distraction from the fact that maybe you'll get killed in the next 90 minutes from a machete. All right. So I get why they do it. It's nice to see that when your streets are roiled with violence, when there's blood in the streets and there's Muslims taking over every single corner of every single town. And you can't even report on it when they rape people. Tommy Robinson getting arrested because he was trying to report on rape from these Muslims. No, you can't do that. Oh, but look at the queen, doesn't she look so beautiful? So I get it, it's a distraction, and they love it. They love it, but the reason why this story is important is because it has to do with the Jeffrey Epstein story, which is just getting darker and darker and deeper and deeper. And now we have from the Daily Mail UK, the queen sacks Prince Andrew. Monarch summons distraught Duke of York to Buckingham Palace, orders him to step down from public duties, and strips him of £249,000 salary amid fallout from his friendship with pedophile Jeffrey Epstein. Yikes. The Queen took decisive action against her second son last night in a desperate bid to contain the fallout from the Duke's disastrous Newsnight interview about his years of friendship with the pedophile. So, Rumor has it this is the queen's favorite son. So you can imagine how difficult this must have been for her. But he's palling around with this pedophile and he did this disastrous interview on Newsnight where he said he had no idea who the the girl that is making these allegations that he was dancing with her all night, he bought her drinks, and then they had sex three times. He's saying he never met her, he has no idea who she is, and yet...
1: She provided a photo. Of the yes. two of you together, yes. Your arm was around her waist. Yes. You've seen the photo. I've seen the photograph. How do you explain that? I can't. Because I don't. I have no. I, again, I have absolutely no memory of that photograph ever being taken.
0: Do you recognise yourself in the oh, photo? Yeah,
1: it's pretty difficult not to recognise yourself.
0: Your friend suggested that the photo is fake.
1: I think it's, uh, from the investigations that we've done, you can't prove whether or not that photograph is uh, faked or not because it is a photograph of a photograph of a photograph. So it's very difficult to be able to to, um, to, to prove it. But I, I don't remember that photograph ever being taken.
0: But it's possible that it was you with your arm That's ranch. me,
1: but, but whether that's my hand or whether that's um, the position I... I but I don't, I have simply no recollection of a photograph ever being taken.
0: No recollection of that photograph ever being taken. Well, can we take this photograph full? That looks like Prince Andrew to me. And that would be Virginia Roberts. I think she has a different last name now. But Virginia Roberts, that was her name back then. I have no recollection if that, uh, if that photo is me. Really? 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 And that's not your hand? That's a Photoshopped hand? He says he's never heard of her. He said he's never met her. He says he has no idea who she is. Hmm. That sounds like an unlikely tale. That sounds like an unlikely tale. And the night that he said, the, the, the night that she claims that he, they were dancing all night and he was sweating and, uh, and then they had sex that night, that night, he says, well, she claims I was sweating all night. I couldn't have been sweating all night because I have a condition. I have a condition during my military days, during the 1980s, and I can't sweat. I couldn't sweat back then. And so she's making it all up. I've never met her. And he says, and, 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 and that night I went for pizza. He says the details of her allegations were incorrect. He says, I went for pizza that night. I remember very clearly. You remember very clearly that you went for pizza on the night that she's claiming that you had sex with her. So I'm just not buying the story. I'm just not buying the story, especially since uh, in 2010, he admits that he visited Jeffrey Epstein. Now this is, uh, I believe, a couple years after Jeffrey Epstein was, this was two years, okay. It's two years after Jeffrey Epstein was convicted of child sex offenses, okay? Two years after he was convicted of child sex offenses, this guy, Prince Andrews, decides this is a good time to go visit Jeffrey Epstein. And not only did he visit Jeffrey Epstein, he said they went for a walk in the park. And during this walk in the park, he said, "You know, I don't think we can be friends anymore. I don't think I can see you anymore. I think we need to bring this to an end. Um, And then he stayed at his house. He stayed at Jeffrey Epstein's mansion in New York City in Manhattan for several days afterwards. And during that time, there are several witnesses who say that, he, they, that they saw Prince, Andrew's, Prince Andrew with a number of young girls, including one who was giving him a foot massage. So his story does not quite add up. And why would he stay at a, convic- at a convicted child sex offender's house for several days after he said, I don't think we can be friends anymore? And furthermore, during this interview... On night, on news night, he said, she asked him, well, do you regret your friendship with Jeffrey Epstein? And his answer was basically no, because of all the connections that I was able to get through him. He was saying, basically, he met so many useful people that the relationship was beneficial. So no. And he said, I I understand that uh, Jeffrey Epstein's behavior was unbecoming. She goes, unbecoming? He goes, yes, I'm being polite. I'm being polite here. Unbecoming. Unbecoming, a pedophile, a child sex offender. I think most people might describe that behavior as a little more than unbecoming. And like I said, this Jeffrey Epstein story just keeps on implicating more and more people and getting deeper and deeper. Politico says two prison guards charged as part of the investigation into Jeffrey Epstein's death. Quote, two prison guards at the New York federal jail where wealthy serial sex offender Jeffrey Epstein allegedly died by suicide in August, repeatedly falsified official logs to show they made cell checks. They never did, according to six count felony indictment returned Tuesday. So the guards are being charged with faking accounts. The guards are being charged with negligence because they apparently fell asleep. They fell asleep, coincidentally, while Jeffrey Epstein hung himself. And of course, you know, we now we still have all this evidence with the bones that were broken that are only usually broken during a strangling and not during a hanging by a sheet, which wasn't nearly high enough to actually kill him. So none of this actually adds up. And, you know, I want to tell you something. My biggest regret here is the fact that um, Jeffrey Epstein didn't kill himself has become a meme because I truly believe Jeffrey Epstein did not kill himself, and we've made it into a joke. So it's funny, but at the same time it's not, because we forget, it trivializes, it makes it harder to remember, that it's not just a joke. This is really serious. We have this whole cabal, we have this whole system of elites who are basically allowed to get away with murder because perhaps Jeffrey Epstein had dirt on them and they go by a completely different set of rules. They do not abide by the rules that you and I abide by. They can arrange perhaps to have somebody killed in a jail cell because he has information on them and get away with it. And by saying, you know, Oh, Jeffrey Epstein didn't kill himself. No, we need, where are the investigative reporters? Where are the people looking into this? Because you will not convince me that Jeffrey Epstein killed himself. And it's not just enough to put it on memes and to say it in the comment section and to make jokes about it. No, Jeffrey Epstein really did not kill himself. And we need to know who did. We need to know how we have a system in America where literally you can go into someone's jail cell that is so interconnected that the conspiracy runs so deep that you can go into someone's jail cell, you can have, you can arrange for someone in a jail cell to be murdered for the information they have without getting caught. I mean, it's incredible. And it completely shakes your faith in our legislative system, in our judicial system, in our media, in Hollywood, because all of these people were connected. You wanna know all these people who were on his jet? Everyone from Bill Clinton, to Dershowitz, to Prince Andrew, you got the British royalty, you've got Hollywood, you've got the Democrats. Donald Trump, they, they try to put Donald Trump in there. Donald Trump kicked him out of his club long ago. Donald Trump says something's wrong with this guy. I don't like this guy. I don't want him anywhere around me. But Donald Trump, yeah, Donald Trump did run in those circles. And Donald Trump was a part of that crowd. Donald Trump said Jeffrey Epstein, though. No. No, I I can't be around this guy. This guy was sick. And he's only one of them. There are so many other sick puppies, as the president would say, out there who were involved in this, who went to Jeffrey Epstein Island, who took young girls and stole their innocence from them, who maybe even raped, definitely sexually assaulted, There were so many people involved in this. It wasn't just Jeffrey Epstein on an island by himself. You think Jeffrey Epstein with a bunch of young girls? No, there were so many people involved in this. And that's why they are trying so hard to cover it up. All right want to get to some user comments because, uh, you know, you guys, again, are the people who make this show work. We couldn't do any of this without you guys. And so we so appreciate you guys tuning in and watching. It means everything to us. Uh, And so I want to go through some of the things that you guys are saying to us uh, on YouTube and on Facebook. We've got, well, we've got a, uh, well, first I want to thank Bucolic Buffalo who sent 10 bucks. Thank you. Thank you to Carlos Vasquez Sanchez who sent five bucks. I want to thank Black Bigot. Black Bigot sent two bucks. Black Bigot. <laughs> Fun name. Black Bigot and Black White Nationalist. Simpatico. That's what I've been called. I literally have a tweet. I could, I could pull it up where someone is calling me a white nationalist. A white nationalist is a mentality. White nationalism is a mentality. We've got a uh, V ball sent 20 bucks. Thank you, V-Ball. Very much appreciate it. Joe Heller sent a couple bucks. Anna's Thoughts and Musical Parody sent five bucks. Proud Patriot sent two bucks. Thank you guys. So thank you guys for sending uh, everything you can. I, I know even the littlest bit helps. It really does. And so any amount, even if it's two cents, even if it's 0.02 cents is appreciated. Um, let's go through some of the comments here. Mangus Arslan says memes are real and funny because the world is burning is not the preferable outcome. It's just, it's just okay. Yeah. I mean, you know, when the world is burning down, you want memes to kind of make it better. I mean, that's what comedy is for, right? I mean, it gives us a relief. It gives us a relief from the fact that we probably are never going to find out what happened to Epstein. That's depressing. That's horrifying. The idea that someone can get away with something, well, the idea that Epstein can get away with that, but the idea that someone can get away with killing him because they know he has dirt on him and they can get away with that is even more horrifying. Thomas Anthony says, it's not gonna matter, Miller. I don't think our Republican party has the coconuts to push looking into the Clintons. All they have done is steal money for years and years and hide it, they got hitmen. The Republican party is failing. The Republican Party hasn't been doing jack. The Republican Party is about as good as the Democrat Party at this point. That's why Donald Trump came in and said, oh, no, I'm actually going to do something about the border. You know, you got the Rubios, the Gang of Eight, all of these Republicans who say we want to do something. We want to do something. We want to help the American people. But they still secretly want illegal immigration. They secretly want the cheap labor. They secretly want to screw over hardworking Americans and let illegals work for the cheap. Donald Trump says that's not acceptable. Donald Trump said we're bringing jobs back to the rust belt. Donald Trump said the, the opiate problem, the opioid problem, that's not going to be much of a problem under me anymore because we are going to build a wall and we're going to stop these cartels from coming in with their drugs, from sneaking across the border with their drugs, so that we don't have 70,000 people a year dying anymore. I mean, that is a horrifying number. 70,000 people died last year from drug overdoses. I mean, that, 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 that is unacceptable. That is unacceptable and our political class refuses to see it as such. And Donald Trump and any common sense human being can look at that and say, that is absolutely not okay, all right? Crazy Apple Boy says, Trump definitely was the one who killed Epstein. I don't think so, Crazy Apple Boy. And you have a very fitting name, Crazy Apple Boy. Minivan Traveler says, I'm not 100% convinced that Epstein himself arranged for the ability to suicide. Okay. (laughs) Adam Zalmoy says, let's sue Concord Management in New Jersey. Tease Agel says, wheels up, investigate them also. Days of God says, keep in mind, he's a billionaire and he paid everyone off. Uh, yeah, but I, even if he did pay everyone off, they're not going to kill him for that. I'm sure there was money exchanged for Hush, but I think not only was it money, but it was also blackmailing, right? You bring people to your island. You say, let's engage in this uh, unthinkable behavior. You do that and then... After that, you can't talk about it because then Epstein can go and say, well, I got the dirt on you. You can't speak about this because if you speak about this, I'm going to tell them what you did. And you slept with these underage girls. So too bad for you. Real Blacks Know the Truth says, Michael, you still there? Sorry, I was busy making money. LOL, still waiting on your welfare check. Don't know what that means. Thomas Anthony says, LMFAO, Trump killed Epstein? Yeah, sure. He never went to his island. Bill did, though, many times, and we all know Bill is a pervert. Yeah, how many times was Bill on that plane? I think 23 times. I think Bill was on that plane 23 times. The rapper 1000 says, now feminists are trying to kill men. They might not be trying to kill men, but they certainly are trying to kill children with these hormones with this, uh, I don't remember the exact term for, for it, but it's hormone transformation. And they're basically, the feminists are saying, well, if you don't give your kid these hormone blockers or these extra hormones to change their gender, then you are an evil parent. And we may even remove custody from you and your child. We may take you away from your child if you refuse. If your child says, I, like, and we talked about this with Will Witt on, uh, on Monday, I believe. But if you know your child says, oh, I, I, you know, I, I'm feeling like I like pink more than blue. I might be a girl. And the mom says, oh, that means you're a girl. Pump them with the hormones and change them into a girl. Absolutely unacceptable. So we appreciate your donations. We appreciate your comments. Thank you guys. Right now, we are going to move on um, we appreciate all of those who have watched on YouTube and who have participated in the Super Chat. As always, our Friday show now has a bonus segment that's only going to be available. We talked about this at the beginning of the show. It's a podcast. You can get it as a podcast on Spotify, Google Play, etc. It's available there and on TV.com. So today, that bonus segment, we're going to talk about Elise Stefanik. We're going to talk about the FBI agent who literally altered documents to start an investigation on Carter Page and open up the entire Russiagate hoax. But Elise Stefanik, oh, let's talk about her, the breakout star of the impeachment hearings. She's embarrassed all of the Democrat witnesses. Good for her. She's having a moment. But is she a conservative hero? Not sure about that. So that will be available exclusively on blazetv.com and on the White House Brief Podcast, which can be found, as I said, on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get them. That will be available at 4.30 today, Eastern. But don't wait. Go ahead. Subscribe now so you don't forget. Thanks for watching and I'll see you at 430. All right. This broke yesterday. FBI official under criminal investigation for altering document used to start probe into Trump campaign, according to a report. An FBI official is under criminal investigation for allegedly altering a document that was central to the FBI surveillance of a Trump campaign official in 2016, according to a new report from CNN. All right, so we've got Carter Page, and this is kind of where the investigation began. And we knew that the investigation was phony. We knew that the Clintons hired a firm through Perkins Coy, and then went to Fusion GPS, who hired Christopher Steele to get dirt on Trump. And it turned out to be false, and that started the entire Russia investigation. And now we're finding out that the FBI actually, someone in the FBI went and altered those documents to make it even more damning. So this whole thing, the entire Russiagate hoax, the entire foundation for it, may have been built on a lie. An FBI lawyer is under criminal investigation after allegedly altering a document related to 2016 surveillance of a Trump campaign advisor. And this is according to CNN, who says it's according to several people briefed on the matter. The altered document is also at least one focus of Durham's and Durham is the prosecutor who's running the whole thing and who is going to help release the inspector general's report, which we're expected to get on December 9th. The altered document is also at least one focus of Durham's criminal probe. So we don't know how much of a role that this altered document played in the FBI's investigation of Carter Page, but the witness the person who altered the document admitted to altering the document. So, I mean, once you admit to uh, doing it, uh, there's not too much, there's not too much ambiguity there. That's according to the sources. And the lawyer who was, a line of, uh, who was a line attorney, is no longer working at the Bureau, said a person familiar with the matter, this is according to them. And a line attorney is a lower level lawyer within the FBI. So you've got the guy who altered the document admitting it. So... Again, there's not too much of a question here, and so the FOIA request was built on a document that was altered. Now we don't know the substance of exactly how it was altered, so that we will have to wait to see. But I mean, I can't imagine it was—I <laughs> can't imagine it was altered in favor of Trump. I can't imagine it was altered in favor of making Trump look better. Oh, you know, that's not a, he looks, he looks a little sketchy there. Let, 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 let's clean him up around the edges. When have we ever seen that? When have we seen that from the FBI? When have we seen that from the media? When have we seen that from the Democrats who were 100% a part of this? We haven't. The Democrats orchestrated this in concert with the FBI in order to investigate Trump and start a phony witch hunt around him to get him out of office. Okay, so uh, this idea that the Navy was altered in, in favor of him is baloney. We just don't know how bad it is. Did they completely make something up? Did they, change, you know, a, a couple, did they change a couple of words to make it seem a little more impactful? We don't know. And the question is, did the FBI follow the law? And more importantly, did the FBI follow its own rules? I'm not an expert, but I can't imagine that the FBI's rules include altering documents that you submit to spy on an individual such as Carter Page. So we'll wait for this story to unfold. Um, You know, I think it's pretty incredible to see how deep the corruption goes within the FBI, that the FBI is literally filled to the brim with people who hate this president and who are willing to put aside justice and who are willing to put aside their jobs to seek out the truth and investigate the truth for the sake of partisan means. I think that that should scare every American. I think that that's horrifying. And I think that the fact that this is what our FBI has become means we just have to clean house. And so I hope the inspector general's report shines light on that so that we can just get rid of all the leadership there, replace every single person there. Yes, as we know, the rank and file, there's plenty of good people there, But the leadership are operating as political actors, and that is unacceptable. Unacceptable is putting it mildly. It's treasonous. You are working against the interests of your own president and therefore against the interest of your own country if you believe, which I I do believe, that the president is working in the best interests of the country and the American people and you are trying to undermine him and you are using your security, you are using intel, you are using lies, you are altering documents, you are using the, the unconstitutional power, to be quite honest, that you have to undermine and remove this president and help him do it. And we have so many examples of these people from Strzok to his lover who have conspired with their insurance plan. And what have you to remove this president? And it is just—it is it, 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 obstruction of justice doesn't even do it justice, to be honest. It—it—it's—it's it, it, it's one of those things that really shakes your confidence in our systems that we have relied on for decades. So. We'll pay attention to the story. I would, I, I, I'm excited to see the inspector general's report because I think it's time to start seeing some people behind bars. I think it's time to start seeing the people who lied under oath, who literally worked to undermine this president, Comey, Brennan, McCabe, Strzok, even Lisa Page, all of these people who have completely ignored law and order to achieve political ends, it's time to see them face justice. And so if this inspector general's report doesn't help accomplish those means, then I have no faith in our system. I have no faith in a system that's going to lock up George Papadopoulos and that's going to lock up Paul Manafort and that's going to lock up Roger Stone for minor infractions. And yet let all of these people who literally tried to undermine and unconstitutionally remove a president from office, get off scot-free. I will have no confidence. So December 9th is the date. Merry Christmas, America. We hope that it shed lights on something that will put these people where they belong, which in many cases I believe is in jail. Okay, our next topic is this, is this Elise. What is her last name? I can never even remember her last name. She's from the Adirondacks. She's the, she's the congresswoman from the Adirondacks who is, uh, who is sticking it to all of the witnesses. And her first name is Elise, and her last name is Stefanik, is what it is, okay? Elise Stefanik. And I can't believe that everyone is falling for her. They're falling in love with her. She had a love fest with Sean Hannity last night. The president is, is, is consistently calling her a superstar. He tweeted about her in his interview with Fox and Friends this morning. He called her a superstar, a rising star within the Republican Party. Let's watch her and see. I see the appeal. I see why people are so happy with her right now, because she really did just drive it in. And she really did just show those witnesses, uh, you're full of it. Let's watch her for a sec. Watch.
1: Lieutenant Colonel Vindman, you are aware that in 2014, during the Obama administration, the first anti-corruption investigation partnered between the US, the UK, and Ukraine was into the owner of the company, Burisma. I'm aware of it now. And Lieutenant Colonel Vindeman, you testified that you were aware that Burisma had questionable business dealings. That's part of its track record. That is correct. You also testified that regarding Burisma, money laundering tax evasion comports with your understanding of how business is done in Ukraine. Is that correct?
0: I'm not aware of specific incidents, but my understanding is that it would not uh, be out of the out of the realm of the possible for Burisma.
1: Well, that's page 207 from your testimony, but I'll move on. You are aware that Hunter Biden did sit on the board of Burisma at this time? I am. Well, I know I know that my constituents in New York 21 have many concerns about the fact that Hunter Biden, the son of the vice president, sat on the board of a corrupt company like Burisma. The Obama administration State Department was also concerned, and yet Adam Schiff refuses to allow this committee to call Hunter Biden despite our requests. Every witness who has testified and has been asked this has answered yes. Do you agree that Hunter Biden on the board of Burisma has the potential for the appearance of a conflict of interest?
0: Certainly the potential, yes.
1: And Ms. Williams? Yes. Now shifting to the legal requirements that our aid to Ukraine is conditioned on anti-corruption. Lieutenant Colonel Vinman, you testified that you understood that Congress had passed under the Ukrainian Security Assistance Initiative a legal obligation to certify that corruption is being addressed. That is correct. And you also testify that it is required by the National Defense Authorization Act. That is correct. So for the public listening, we are not just talking about President Trump focusing on anti-corruption in Ukraine, but it is so critical, so important that hard-earned taxpayer dollars when given to foreign nations that by law, overwhelmingly bipartisan support requires anti-corruption in Ukraine in order to get U.S. taxpayer-funded aid. So
0: very impressive performance on the stand. I'll give it to her there. Right. Of course. I mean, that was she she's one of the few who just puts them in their place. But there's a reason you've never heard of her in the conservative movement, and it is because she is not a conservative. She simply isn't. She's about as far from a conservative as you can get. In fact, her rating on conservative reviews, uh, Liberty score is a 24 percent, 24 percent. I mean, that, that is, and it, you know, the Liberty score is graded like a, you know, like a high school scale, right? So, you know, 90 to hundred is an A, right? And you know, 90 is an A minus, uh, 89 to 80 is a B plus to B minus, right? Um, 79 down to 70 is C plus to C minus. Okay. And then 69 below is a D. And then, you know, I think, you know, below that's an F. So 24% is like a an F, like a real big F. Like she got a real big F on this test, okay? 24%. And it's because she has voted against Trump every step of the way, okay? She voted in favor of amnesty, the Democrat amnesty bill. She voted in favor of the DACA amnesty bill. She voted against the border wall. Okay, she voted against the border wall. She voted in favor of the parrot Paris climate agreement. When they tried to get back in, she voted in favor of that. The business killing Paris climate agreement, she was in favor of. She voted against the Trump tax cuts. Which I mean, was almost universally agreed upon by Republicans. She is about as anti Trump as it gets. I appreciate this. I appreciate what she's doing here. But she is not MAGA. She's not even conservative. She's, if anything, a liberal who has an R next to her name. So, you know, I believe, in. uh, and, uh, and Daniel Horwitz has talked about this, we should give her credit where it's due. And that ends at this hearing, because she is far from a conservative she's far from anything even remotely republican she doesn't vote republican usually she votes along the democrat party lines she is about as liberal as she gets she's your stereotypical rhino and she might even be the worst rhino in congress she's from new york she's from new york okay she went to harvard she's a new yorker from harvard All right, so I don't know, you know, I I think that anyone with a brain can see how insane these hearings are. And so she's probably like, this is ridiculous. You guys don't have anything to go on. And you know, same thing happened with the, um, with the um, uh, Debbie Swetnick and uh, what was the other one's name? Um, Christine Blasey Ford and all of those people. I don't remember the third one's name and I don't really care. Um, All of them, same thing happened with them. Um, you know, uh, Susan Collins came in the last minute, gave her speech. This is ridiculous. You know, I'm a rhino. I'm about as rhino as it gets. But what you guys are doing is so beyond the pale that even I cannot get behind it. And, you know, everyone oh, Susan Collins, you know, that you're amazing, you're amazing. And then she gets back to voting, and you're like, oh, wait, you're still Susan Collins. That's what's going to happen with Elise Stefanik. That's what's going to happen with her. You know, and again, Horowitz talked about this. Trey Gowdy, same exact thing. You know, Trey Gowdy voted horribly, his voting record's terrible, but then these big hearings would happen and these big moments would happen with Benghazi and with Obamacare and he'd get up on the stand and he'd give these big grandstanding speeches and he'd stick it to the Democrats and he'd have these moments on TV. And you've got these people who just know how to perform on TV and who know how to, uh, how, how to be in the spotlight and make it seem like they're fighting who know how to stick it to the left, when in the meantime, their voting record sucks They don't believe what you and I believe. They're not conservative. They're not actually working for you. They just know how to do this. And that's what we're seeing with Elise Stefanik. So don't let her fool you. Yeah, let's let's give her some credit where it's due. She did a great job here, but a rising star within the Republican Party and a rising superstar conservative, she is not. All right, that marks the end of the show, people. If you haven't yet, please subscribe, rate, and review my podcast. It's really important, or I wouldn't constantly ask you to do it. I really wouldn't, but it really is important. Also, if you want some Blaze White House Brief Media, go visit shop.blazemedia.com slash Miller to check out our amazing White House Brief Merchant. What is coming up? Oh, that's right, Christmas and Hanukkah and Kwanzaa, my favorite. So, if you have to get gifts, might I recommend some of our amazing t-shirts, sweatshirts, mugs, and all kinds of cool stuff for you to get, because the holidays are here and there's something for everyone to love. And you put it in their stockings and I guarantee you, you will make their morning. What better, I have a Black Rifle coffee mug with me here now, but I mean, what better? You get a White House brief mug in your stocking, you can make your coffee, it will make your family's morning. I guarantee it. So thank you for listening, and we will catch you next time on the next White House Brief. A reminder to everyone, I'd really appreciate it if you'd please rate, review, and subscribe to the White House Brief podcast. It will make sure the truth rises above all the other stuff out there. So please
1: rate, review, and subscribe. Thanks for listening.